0: So Joe Biden's approval ratings are still pretty darn low, and now there are Republican candidates teasing their 2024 run against Donald Trump. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Hear me get right into the news of the day. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Dana Lashes, Absurd Truth Podcast. But, you know, when will the brutality finally lead to some police reform from the ground up? Because... Clearly, it doesn't matter if it's a white policeman or a black policeman, it is a problem in the police and the policing yeah. itself. You know, seems things don't seem to make sense to people unless it's somebody they can feel or they can recognize. Mm. But how many times do we have to do we need to see white people also get beaten before anybody will do anything? Oh my gosh. You guys know who that is. It's Whoopi Goldberg who was talking about the whole situation with. Tyree Nichols, uh, that which was caught on camera. Good heavens! She said this yesterday. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash. Here with you. Always good to be with you. We're here at the bottom of the second hour. This Tuesday afternoon, very icy. We had thunder sleet. I'll talk about that a little bit later. What does that mean? What does she here? What does she mean? Like, what do we need to see? White people also get beat before anyone will do anything. Can we just stop for a moment? I want to know why all of a sudden white people come into this. Where did that come from? I want to go back. I was going to talk about this later on in the program, but I'm like, eh, I'm going to bring it up now. This issue with who did what. Did you see the story that came out this morning? Because what came out this morning was how the standards for uh, admission And to be included in Memphis police. How they actually had lowered their standards. And this is something that it was a piece over at the New York Post on this this morning. Let me pull this up for you. The. piece ran. Actually yesterday evening. And this comes after it came out. I'm pulling, bear with me here. Ice again. It came out that the requirements for serving in the police force, because you know how police departments have been struggling to make sure that they fill recruitment, right? I mean, you have fewer and fewer officers, and it's, it's difficult. It's difficult for, for departments to be able to keep officers. It's difficult because, I mean, uh, police officers, they see what's going on. They see what's been happening. So apparently the story, they had lowered their standards for policing for entrance. And that's one of the questions that's being asked. Okay, did this have to do like how would this how did this all fit in together? Washington Standard, uh, a number of things, number areas writing about this. They had hired two of the five officers that were fired and charged in Nicholson's death in 2020. And this was after the reduction in training and education standards. Now, apparently, one of the two officers would have cleared the previous requirements. However, the other one had been sued for beating an inmate while he was working as a prison guard. Now, according to the Law Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund, they said that if this were, if these times were normal and police departments weren't dealing with so few recruits, this guy probably wouldn't have been hired. That's a interesting point. They said apparently that recruitment was going so poorly that there were signing bonuses that were being offered in addition to lowering educational and fitness requirements. And there was an action five news. They're local. They said that one of the reductions in requirements was that Memphis police department recruits, they no longer demanded that they meet the educational requirement of having an associates degree or 54 college credit hours. They could just get if they had a few years work experience. That's enough. Fifteen thousand signing bonuses. The they were used to they used to perform uh, timed physical ability tests to see to determine level of fitness. They did away with that. New York Post wrote that the department even was was waiving pull this up that they were even waiving their opposition to for felons to join the force apparently. So you have an issue here where you have police officers, you have too few of them. You've had this whole defund the defund the police movement and everything else. And now you have as a result, so few officers to serve that you have to reduce your, your hiring requirements you cannot tell me that this has not led to this. There's no way. I would believe you. You cannot tell me that this did not. I mean, it, honestly, it sounds like this whole push of uh, attacking the police, which resulted in fewer people wanting to serve and standards having to be lowered so that other people who normally probably wouldn't get hired were hired. All of that's culpable in Tyree Nichols de- in his death. There's no way around it. I mean, when I, I warn people in the beginning to defund the police movement, the first thing that's going to get defunded is going to be training. Training will be the first thing that gets defunded. You, ha- you don't have anybody that wants to serve as an officer anymore, because if you're a police officer, you're protecting and serving, but you also don't know who's going to protect you if you are involved. I mean, you basically have to get shot and killed before the public determines that it is acceptable for you to draw down on someone. There is a difference between obviously good policing and bad policing. I mean nobody I and I've heard it before and it's always from good cops. They loathe bad cops. But it doesn't help when good cops are thrown in the same barrel with bad cops. And and it's looked at as the rule rather than the exception. Now, nobody wants to. I mean, look, I've said this before. I know bad cops. Oh, I know bad cops. I sat on stage with a bad cop who tried to blame me for his lazy, fat ass's inability and refusal to do his job and protect people in his community, which resulted in the deaths of, of quite a few. I know bad cops. Like I said, I sat on stage with one. I know bad cops. Art Acevedo, who used to run stuff down in Austin because I I criticized his opposition towards the Second Amendment, threatened to use his department's resources to watch me on Twitter. It's still there. It's all public. It's all been saved. So I know bad cops. I've seen them. I've talked to them. I have experience with them. You know who coddles bad cops? Particularly in big cities, Democrat mayors. Guys, I'm talking about are chiefs and although I think uh, the one down in uh, Florida, the bad cop down in Florida, ended up finally got a cushy job somewhere else. But you have and it's not different with Memphis. Who you got as a mayor of Memphis, Democrat. Who's the police chief and uh, police chief appointed by a Democrat. City councils, Democrat. I mean, generationally Democrat. Those are the people that set the standards that determine the budget that that set the requirements for training. So coming back to my original question, how in the hell is Whoopi Goldberg making this about white people? How is she making it about anybody else? How is it even a race issue? It is an ideology issue. It is the party that supports restorative justice. It's the party that believes in defunding the cops. Oh, except when we need you. Oh my gosh, we're so shocked that defunding the police and spending five years attacking them and smearing them and impugning the character of everyone, not just the few bad cops, but all of the other good cops, we didn't realize that that was going to result in having to hire bad, untrained people that may or may not beat a man to death on the sidewalk are bad And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So the show Laverne and Shirley, Cindy Williams, who was on that program, passed away at age 75. She was Shirley opposite Penny Marshall's Laverne. I kind of remember this being on in the early 80s. It was like I knew it was a huge show. I will have to say that Cindy Williams did not age. She really didn't. But uh, they said that she'd passed away after a brief illness and it was released, the statement, the news was released through her children. So, uh, also, this is actually kind of hysterical and I can't even imagine having this problem. Oh my word. Or can you imagine? A furious Texas retiree, so the 66-year-old woman named Elaine White, she's had men knocking at the door of her Plano, Texas home for a year now because men believe it to be a brothel. She thinks that maybe it was an online scam. Uh, she calls the police there have been no arrests so she has to put up signs all over her house and installed a ring camera to fill to film people arriving at her door and she the signs say Kelly does not live here all different kinds of signs this door is locked for your protection not mine She has all kinds of signs up but it's so gross like people show up and they ask for like Kelly or Rhonda So she has signs saying like all of these, these women are not here. Uh, many times the men arrive with beer and liquor. And she usually says, you know, this is a bait house and you have 10 seconds to get away from it or the cops are going to get you. And the men run across the lawn. It's unbelievable. So she's trying to figure out how this happened. But so far, there haven't been any arrests. I That's like the one of the wildest stories ever. That's, oh gosh. This is also pretty bad. A man faked his own death so that... He could see who would attend his funeral. A Brazilian man sparked outrage of his friends and family. Faked his death out of pure curiosity to just see who would show up at his funeral. He's what he... Well, I guess he's like a self-described ceremonialist. He's like an impresario in a way. So his name is Baltazar Lamos and he's conducted hundreds of funerals himself. But he wanted to see who would show up to his. So he faked his death to see... And his when his friends began sharing the news of his passing on social media, people were paying respects in the comments and all this stuff. And they actually showed up in a chapel in his native city and they expected a funeral. And then he started narrating his life story and people thought it was recording. And then he stepped out in front of everyone. Some people were mad, understandably. I mean, it's an actual story. There's like video and everything. It's crazy that somebody did this. Wow, that's actually kind of sad that you have to go to that extent just to see if you're like Ford is cutting their EV prices as Tesla competition heats up. Oh boy, it's the Mach E nine hundred to six thousand. We have a lot more on the way. Stick with us. More of the Dana Show back after this. I don't. I don't dislike theme parks. I dislike having to experience them. The I Does that make sense? I don't know. I like roller coasters and I like fast rides and things like that. I just hate the whole ordeal of going to a theme park because I like to be left alone and I don't want to touch things that everybody else has touched. I mean, yes, the, the pandemic because the government told you to be a germaphobe made me not want to be a germaphobe and I wanted to go lick doorknobs and stuff. But at the same time, there's certain things that I just uh, can't get around. So they have this new Mario Kart attraction at Universal Studios, right? But some people are getting their feels hurt because they warn visitors uh, that you, you know how you have the signs that you have to be this tall to ride. <laughs> OK, well, you can't be a chunk either. OK, you, you, you can't. You have to be of a certain weight and a certain uh, height because they don't want no little kids like flying out and stuff, I would imagine. I think it's actually kind of funny, but people were like, that's that's fat phobic. They, I think they also probably don't want to have any liability that comes from, you know, a lunchbox who can barely fit into this damn seat dealing with, you know, they don't want to deal with any liability that might come with any injury incurred because you're too big for the ride. You know what I'm saying? How, it's really not that different from being told that you're too big to ride on the kiddie rides. If, as an adult, right, if it comes down to size, I feel like that argument could be made. But yeah, the new Mario Kart attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood warns visitors with large waistlines they may not be allowed to ride, and it it looks like a tight fit. I got to be honest with you. And they're like those little Mario Kart like it, it bumper car things, but it it yeah it looks like it would be a tight fit. But people are upset. They're like, oh, this is it's fat shaming. It's uh, you know, all it, it's so me no, it's not. It's just golly, just it's not. It's safety. It is legit a safety issue. <sighs> Someone said that it's dumb to have a Mario Kart ride that Bowser and DK couldn't even get on. That's true though. That is kind of funny. <laughs> but you know, the thing is too, is and I'm I'm looking at a photo of a guy who looks like heavy set, and he's on the ride. I, I, I think there's, you know, obviously a limit. You cannot be morbidly obese, I think. But they said that if your waistline is over 40 inches, you might you might have some problems. The bar may not come down. You know, the bar that like goes down and you hold, it's like the waist bar and it locks into place. I mean, I've seen that. I mean, you've seen, how many, we all know this, right? Just have the, why is this a thing? It's a safety issue. It is a safety issue for the love and people are going to get offended over that because they're going to get offended over everything all right last quick thing um this so steph curry is uh he's pretty lefty right so steph curry is upset because he's got this big swanky 30 million dollar mansion and he does not like the idea of affordable housing being constructed near it Big-time Biden supporter, Steph Curry, is, uh, is uh, opposing the proposed construction—this is Free Beacon—of a low-income multifamily unit next to his $30 million mansion. He's worried about his safety and his privacy. Mm. He joined a nonprofit back in 21, focused on, quote, bridging the racial wealth gap. But apparently, he meant, like, not near my mansion— he didn't want it I don't want the poor's near me, okay? I mean I'm all for the poors. Just not buy my thirty million dollar mansion. <laughs> he had said his quote at the time. Bridging the racial wealth gap is one of the biggest challenges of our generation. He wrote this Uncovering solutions and creating opportunities is something I am profoundly committed to. Except in my backyard. <laughs> I'm not near my mansion. I always that's like um, What is it the Kennedy's getting mad Was it Teddy Kennedy the guy uh, uh, The pond driving in a woman guy uh, Teddy Kennedy got mad He's like a big wind farm dude And well, he's dead now but He got real mad when they were going to build Wind like these turbines uh, Near the co on the coast near his home And they said that they didn't want to look out their window And see turbines It's never They never want to have to live in the world They create It's just par for the course. It's how they work. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man. Well, here's the question to start your new month. Who steals a baby Jesus? That's the question people are asking. Channel 12 News in Marathon, Florida has the story, Baby Jesus Stolen from a Florida Church. Monroe County Sheriff's Office says someone stole the baby Jesus from the nativity scene at San Pablo Catholic Church in Marathon. The Thief or Thieves also vandalized two statues. One had its head removed, the other its feet removed. Investigators believe that the vandalism happened sometime between 3.30 p.m. uh, or on January 20th. And they're asking people to call the police in Marathon, Florida, if they have any information on it. Their nativity was still up. That was my question. I mean, if it was on if it they think it happened January twentieth, that's a long time to keep stuff up, right? I mean, I would imagine having Jesus in the nativity. I mean, yeah, he's still gonna be in the manger and all, but you know, historically, I'm just, just asking. I guess, you know, I took all my stuff down like literally the day after Christmas. I have to. It makes me sad when Christmas is over. Two Florida women got into a fight and they when one was arrested after busting out the victim's window with a wheelbarrow planter. Jeez. So two Florida women were arrested and they're facing felony charges. They had a fight over a man, all over a man, and it began on social media. The two women worked as caretakers at a local assisted living facility. Kaylee Moya, 23 of Sarasota, was arguing with the victim on Instagram messages about their shared boyfriend. And the victim, 28-year-old woman, whose name is being withheld uh, due to the uh, law, state statute, shared with the Sarasota police that she and Moya had been in an off-again, on-again, off-again relationship with their boyfriend for months. Then the victim says that they messaged with the intention of coming to an agreement and put the fighting uh, over the guy behind them. Moya said she was upset. She was being accused of being a boyfriend stealer. And that's when it all went sideways. So that's when uh, Moya and her friend Shakira Mitchell, they arrived at the victim's home at 11 p.m. And they told her to come outside and street fight. And when the victim refused, Moya picked up a wheelbarrow planter and threw it at a window, breaking it. And then she kicked in the front door. The women entered the home. The victim fled to the bedroom. Moya and Mitchell followed the bedroom. And that's when Moya started hitting the woman and pulling her hair. And then Moya, oh man, it was just all crazy. The Shakira Mitchell had enough, tried to intervene, tried to get Moya from stopping, beating the victim half to death. But Moya pinned the victim to the ground and then choked her. And then as the victim feared for her life, she took her 380 and fired a single shot at the ceiling. Then they tried to wrestle the gun out of her hands. Mitchell got a hold of the firearm and then pistol whipped the same victim that she was trying to stop Moya from beating up. A roommate finally called 911. And the suspects left the scene, stealing the firearm and the victim's cell phone. So, Moya and Mitchell now face robbery, theft of a firearm, armed burglary, felony charges, battery, misdemeanor. I don't know. I'm out of fingers on my hands. Uh, Shakira's out on bond. No one went, wanted to bond Moya out. So, there she Well, she's held without bond. So, that's crazy. <sighs> All right. So, a uh, soccer player was arrested. He got a red card. Nelson Roland. 33, he got a red card and he got mad, so he punched a referee in the head. That's why you got the red card, man. Like, why? He said he had a red card violation. He explained to him that the violation ejected him from the field. He'd be suspended for the next match. And then so Roland punched the victim in the head, causing him to fall to the ground. And Oh, and then he kicked him for added measure. Yeah, that's why you got the red card, dude. That's why. Uh, we Tomorrow I'll tell you about the guy who found the human-sized nutcracker uh, after the hurricane. He's been missing it. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of the media doesn't cover some of the most important stories of the day. I'm Byron York, Byron York Show podcast. In the latest episodes, I talk about how Joe Biden's approval ratings, remember they were supposed to be going up, are still pretty darn low. And Republican candidates, let's say potential candidates like Nikki Haley, the former South Carolina governor, UN ambassador, are teasing a 2024 run against Donald Trump. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the daily No Chit Chat podcast. Subscribe on iTunes